back to Truth in Texas Banking. I'm LaVonda, and today on my podcast, I have our very own Josie Fields, who is Vice President and Associate Market Manager for our Westchester branch. Welcome to the show, Josie. My guest in the podcast today is Josie Fields. Josie started as a part-time teller, but quickly found that she had a career in banking. As the bank has grown, Josie has gone from assistant branch manager to branch manager, vice president, and associate market manager for Veritex Bank. As Josie built her career in banking, she grew increasingly passionate about promoting financial literacy among minority communities. As she moved up, she's been careful to maintain her original purpose, which is helping others. I'm so excited to have Josie on the show this morning. Josie and I have worked together for over 15 years. One of the reasons I wanted to have Josie on the show today is to really showcase someone who I think exhibits tenacity, loyalty, and just the amount of right work ethic that I think sometimes we take for granted. And I'm so excited to hear her perspective on what it takes to to be in a professional organization. But also, you know, she told me earlier, I'm going to be myself. I'm like, go for it, girl. That's what you should be. We all need to be able to be ourselves. So I want you to help me welcome Josie to the show. Welcome, Josie. Thank you so much, LaWanda. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to give you raw and cut Josie today. Well, I'm used to raw and cut Josie, so I'm okay with that, right? (laughs) Thank you. So I think we probably need to talk just a little bit about, you know, I said why I wanted to have you on the show, first of all, this morning. But I wanted to let people get to know Josie a little bit about who Josie Fields is, where she started, kind of who she is. So tell us a little bit more about Josie. Okay. Well, Josie started in banking 17 years ago, but... I, I'm full of life and I just, I live life day by day. I, yeah. I enjoy being with my family. I enjoy cooking for people. Um, and that's actually, I enjoy taking people under my wing all the time and just I, kind of helping them with scenarios and situations of life. But Jersey, I feel like no one can ever break my spirit. You know, no one can ever say anything to me to, to I don't know, bring me down or anything. So Josie is a woman who's trying to figure herself out and navigating through life right now. And yeah finding those obstacles. And that's who Josie is right now. I'm just trying, I'm figuring myself out. Isn't that great though? I mean, I think uh, it's interesting. I hear people, most of us don't ever have it figured out completely, right? And anyone who says they haven't figured out completely might be telling a little white lie. So part of figuring it out is this. So Josie started banking several years ago, but tell us a little bit before banking. Why do you think built your, who you are today? Tell me about some of the things you think built who you are today. Your parents who are so important to you, I know. Okay. So, you know, I'm first generation American. My parents came here from another country in the early seventies. They went to Chicago. They worked two jobs to provide. They moved to Texas and they had, they had my sister and I and my sister, Jesse, but throughout our whole life, you know, we lived in a one bedroom apartment. And then in 92, we, we moved into a Habitat home, which is yeah. why Habitat is so near and dear to my heart. They were right. so great with us. My parents always worked two jobs to provide for us and put food on the table, which I felt that built that strong work ethic that I have. Right. Now. Right. Always seeing my parents working, always seeing my parents just always providing for us, always giving us what we needed. Um, they never said no. They never said I didn't have enough money. Right. They were always kind, pleasant about it. And, you know, that... That really built me who I am today, built who I am today because of, because of that reason, I started working when I was 14. Oh, yeah. A family friend, you know, and he was, he had a tax office. I was, you know, and 
I started learning how to do taxes at the age of 14 because I've always been very good with numbers. Yeah. And I yeah. learned how to do them by hand. And so then I was just kind of like, okay, I think I can, I, I like working. I, I like making my own money. I started buying my own clothes. Right. And after that, I started working at a grocery store at Simon David while still doing high school. Mm-hmm. I was working about 30, 35 hours a week. Uh, I'm going to high school. While doing high school. And, I, you know, high school was very hard for me. And being very honest and raw with you right now, I I was very smart. I had AP classes and I just kind of got sidetracked a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, did a little things that sh- I shouldn't have been doing, but my mom every single time, Josie, you got to do better. You got to do better. I believe in you. You can't, we work so hard to give you an opportunity in life to be the American dream. And my mom was constantly on me, constantly nagging me to stay, <laughs> to stay on, not, you know, not nagging, but stay oh, on no, I totally and, get it. <laughs> you know, but, and so seeing my mom and how dedicated she was to me, right. The dedication that her mom, my mom had for her children. Right. My mom worked so hard to, to give us food we would come home from work since from you know from school from work and we would have full meal knowing yeah. she worked full eight hour day she worked on weekends you know and she would yeah. still come home and make a, a delicious meal never right. complained about it was never tired and so her never giving up giving up on me is why I am the way I am today that that set my foundation yeah um, she always does instill the fact that you always have to be kind to people even if they're mean to you you you're always kind and if they're mean to you, let God handle it. God yeah. will take care of them, but you keep doing, you never lose track of what you do. This yep. has always been Josie, my mom's instilling that dad. You know, you got to be strong. You got to be that strong woman. He had nothing but girls. He didn't have boys. So <laughs> I feel like I'm his boy. I'm my dad's <laughs> boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> the working and all of that, that's really what it was. Yeah. Well, I love hearing about that because I, you know, just because I know you so well, I also know how close you are to your parents and what wonderful influences they were on you and your sister and how they continue to be those influences on you. But I think part of what I've seen just from knowing you for so long is I'm going to use the word payback your growth that they can see in you and how you have become successful, not only as a professional, but as a a wife, a mom, a sister, a daughter, you know, how you've grown into that as, as well. And I think, you know, quite frankly, that's the biggest compliment you can give your parents that you're going to be okay. That what all their hard work and everything they did, you're going to be okay. Right. And so I happen to know you have two great kids that you are parenting now. So tell me a little bit about what parenting did you do with your kids? Is the same as your parents did with you? The old school. (laughs) I am an old school parent. I am that old school mom. I have rules. And if you don't follow those rules, you're you are on you're on timeout. You are punished. (laughs) I am very strict with my daughter, but I've also with Carolina. Carolina is 15. Charlie is seven. You know, I was very open with Caroline. I've always been very honest of how, you know, how I've grown up and all of our struggles of what we've gone through. Right. And, you know, she has a privilege to have her own bedroom. Yeah. And I didn't have my own bedroom. You know, my son has his own bedroom and we had to share a bedroom until we were about 13, 14 years old, you know. And so I always tried to let her know and constantly remind her, you're very fortunate to be living this way, because if it weren't for my mom and dad that instilled this hard work ethic in us. You know, you wouldn't be here today. So I, I'm constantly on them, constantly talking to them. Um, I'm that strict mom. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. I lay down the law. 
my husband likes to say I, I like to manage my home like I manage work. I, I never get <laughs> off manager mode. I hold him accountable. The other day I was telling Carolina, help me understand why you did this. And my husband was like, what? What are you what? doing? <laughs> and knowing Chris like I do, I'm sure he was like, what are you doing? Why Why are you managing me, right? <laughs> yes, he was like, okay, you're, you're in manager mode right now. I need you to bring it back down to mommy mode. Right, it's, right. It's very, but you know what? I feel like it works because my, my kids are very kind and I always tell them be kind to people. It, yeah. It's always, you got to be kind to everybody. I always push that. And, and that's one thing that I always focus on with my kids as well as being kind to them, being kind that's, to everyone else. That's awesome. Well, I love hearing that. I want to talk to you a little bit about you know, your growth and things that you've seen over the past few years in, in banking and how growth professionally has affected you personally. And, and what skills do you think you know, did you learn along the way that maybe you didn't have, but what skills did you have growing up the way you did that really helps you become a successful banking professional? I always had the personable skills. Yeah. I can have a conversation with anyone. I, I can relate <laughs> to anyone. I, I will find that common ground. So that's something that I know that I've, I've always been very good with having yeah. a conversation with, with anyone and, and relating to them and, and, and anything that they have. Um, but over time, a lot of the communication skills. I had to work a lot of on my communication, a lot that I feel like that was my hardest thing. Being able to to accept the criticism of my mentors, letting me know what I needed to do to help me to take me to that next level. Yeah. And sometimes that criticism wasn't, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like it was tough. Yeah. But I knew it was for my own good. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it was a hard pill to swallow, but you know, I would, I would just go back and reflect and but it was really on a lot of it was a communication piece growing up right. in a Spanish speaking home. Right. You know, my English isn't always the best. I don't say things the right way sometimes. Uh, and I don't pronounce things the right way sometimes. And that's something that I've always been self-conscious about. You really? know? It, yeah. I have. And yeah. that, that, I think that's been my biggest struggle. The math piece of it and understanding banking has always been super easy to me because it's numbers. Right. You know, right. and, and you're good at numbers. I'm good at numbers. It's addition, subtraction. I'm so good at that. So right. that, that's never been hard. And understanding those products, that was never hard. The products that we offer and what we, we sell to clients. Right. It's really more of the communication piece and learning how to communicate effectively to to have the people understand you. And, right. and whether it's a client, whether it's an employee, learning how to just communicate with them and, and being able to have them relate to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's it's interesting. Interesting. You say that a couple of weeks ago or last week, I, I talked with Adam Tarnow, who I know you've heard before speaking about communication. And I think it's one of those skills that people overlook a lot of times. They think, okay, I'm this type of person or this, but communication is probably, well, it's not probably, it is the number one driver of how effective we are, no matter what role we're in, mom, wife, worker, you know, being out in the community. So I'm really glad to hear that. One of the things I'm interested in hearing about too, is that, you know, use the word criticism. I'm going to use the word feedback because that's, you know, mentors should be giving you feedback, but part of being able to give good feedback. And I think you're fine. You'll say the same thing. I hope you will at least is you have to trust the person who's giving you that feedback that they have it in your best interest to grow and change and, and become more effective communicators. So tell me a little bit about trust and what you found that, you know, how your employees trust you, how you trust those who give you feedback and what that really looks like to you. Feedback, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, I'm going to 
go back to our whole mindset, Lavonda. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the connecting piece. It's right. the that you have to connect with that certain individual, understand how they like to to learn, how they are spoken to, because not everyone learns the same way. Right. And so what I do take pride in with my team, with all the teams that I've had under these past few years, is that I've connected with with each single one of them individually. Right. Um, we have our own relationship. So just because I have a relationship with a certain person this way doesn't mean it's going to be the same way this way, but we've all connected in our own way and I've allowed them to trust me. So when I do give them that feedback, not the criticism, right. the feedback, <laughs> they're, they're more accepting of it and they're more right. open to it. So yeah. I'm going to speak about the great Tony Stevenson. I, you know, he's, he was a huge mentor of mine. Right. He always gave me a lot of feedback constantly, but I trusted in him. And I always trusted in him and I knew what he, he wanted the best for me. And because of that, I always took what he said to me and I went with it and I rolled with it because I knew that he wasn't saying it to be malicious. He wasn't saying it to be ugly. He was saying it because he knew that I can do it and that right. I could do it. And I right. have. Yeah. And you have, right? Yeah. And I, yes, I have. It helped you. And that helped you believe in yourself as well, right? It gave you so much more confidence. Yeah. Um, I think that's key. The, the confidence that I had, you know, I, I think now I'm so confident with everything that I do. You know, I can be a little bit nervous, but I know that I've re- if I really put my mind to it and if I really focus on it, I can do anything that I want to do. It, it's right. just, there's just a little bit of roadblocks, but right. you got to overlook those roadblocks and you got to say, I can do it, but you can do whatever you want to do. And, right. and that takes, it's really all mental if you think about it. Yeah. I was talking with somebody yesterday about growth and how, you know, they were asking me questions about things. So I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I failed more times than I was successful. And I had to learn from those things and say, you know what, that, that was a mistake or whatever, but I grew from those mistakes. And I think all of us have to look at what did we, what didn't we do well and grow from that, right? Those mistakes shape us of who we are today. They shape us into what we are today. And I, what I love when I talk to the team, my team members, I love telling them my mistakes that I've made, whether personally or career-wise, I do. I'm very vulnerable with them. I'm very open. I'm very honest because when they see that, they relate to you more and they don't think, oh, she's just someone that's trying to help me. No, they actually relate to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm an open book with my life. I, I, if God is going to use me to help other people, I'm okay with that. And I just came to terms with that a few weeks ago. In that, in that wild. So that's yes. the next question I have for you. Our podcast, as you know, is about people with a purpose. Everyone has different purposes they love. So I want to talk about what's Josie's purpose. I mean, you, you're obviously being very successful in your career and you'll continue to grow in that. But what is Josie's purpose? What does she really want for her career and for the people she works with? I just want to love, serve and care. Yeah. I've always heard this in my career. It's not always about the money. It's not always about the money. And it's not always about the money. Because to me, making an impact in someone else's life, that to me is just, that's my purpose. I want to make an impact in someone's life to where my impact is so strong that they can make an impact in someone else's life just off of my impact alone. Paying it forward. Paying it forward. And and that's what we're supposed to do as humans. We're supposed to pay it forward. So to me, Loving and serving my community and everyone that I that I love, that that's all that matters to me. And just to have the respect and just the love from everyone, that that to me is worth more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that, you know, when I look at you and I look at others around our work area, I go, you know, 
we have such good, good people, right? Doing really good things. None of us are perfect. We all mess up. We all do things, but, you know, really good, good people. So I wanted to ask you something. Tell us how you want to make a difference when it comes to Latinos and banking. I want to help them understand the financial piece of it, mm-hmm. because as as Latinos, and especially you know, they come from other, you know, they're they're not they don't have the financial literacy and they don't have the tools. When I first started in banking years ago, I was in Oak Cliff and mm-hmm. at Woodwood, and that's a, a huge Hispanic community. Right. They didn't know how to fill out deposit slips. They didn't know how to even sign their names or add up the deposit slips. And to me, that's huge because. A lot of those clients were making pretty decent money. Right. And they don't know what to do with this money. And so that's when I said to myself, well, Josie, maybe if you can talk to them and relate to them and tell them, hey, you don't have to just cash that check and take four thousand dollars and put fifty in your in your checking account. Right. You can just take the fifty and put the four thousand in there. It's you know, it's <laughs> it's different, you know. And right. And having those rela- those those conversations with the clients and then letting them know, you know, it's okay. And just showing them the basic tools that we need, that they need to survive. Right. That, that right there is how I want to make an impact. But then they can, you know, show it to their kids. And we'll continue to do the financial literacy classes, you know, with right. their at I volunteer a lot for that with the financial literacy and just showing the younger generation what it's like to, to save money. Because I wasn't the best at that. Yeah, I was 18 years old, got into credit card debt and charged all those credit cards up. <laughs> that was me. And yeah. I'm very open with that. And the, we need that. We need those tools. My mom always used to say, you need to have money for a rainy day. You always yep. need to have money for a rainy day. But well, what else can I do with that money? You know, what else? Mm-hmm. If I have a lot of money sitting there, what else can I do with it? So there's just more that I would just want to just teach them the basic concepts of it and just help them evolve from there. How does that work for you is how you reach that that group of people. And I know, listen, I, I'm a big believer that not everyone feels the same way, no matter what race or, or sex or whatever you are, right? Everyone's individual. So what would be your advice of how us as a community could do better in reaching a larger group of people to help them understand financial literacy, first of all, but just banking in general. So one of the things I always worried about, I ran the San Antonio market for nine years for Bank of America. And I was always worried that someone was going to get robbed when they walked out with that money and then they'd have nothing, you know? And so I always wanted them to trust us that we were going to safeguard it. And then when they came in, they weren't going to be hassled about getting that money when they needed to pay for something. So, and this was, you know, 25 years ago, right? But what do you think we could do more of or better or less of to help groups understand that banking can be, should be something they can embrace as well? You know, that's very hard because the the Latino community there, we can be so stubborn. (laughs) We're so stubborn. And if it doesn't involve, look, this is the reality. If it doesn't involve some kind of food, a kind of party or something, they're not going to just gravitate towards it. I think just really being more intentional um, of of reaching those and going into those communities. I, you know, whether I'm at the grocery store, my husband hates this about me. He's like, <laughs> every time I go to the grocery store, you always make a line. But if I hear a lady speaking Spanish and she's kind of like not knowing what to say, I'm like there to jump in. And then I give him my card. If you ever need anything, here's my card. Call me. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I do the more personable approach of just trying to reach each individual person one by one, because I feel like that goes kind of farther in life sometimes, because then they start referring by word of mouth. Hey, I went to this lady. She was good. Like, 
give her, she gave me her card. This is her information. So I, I feel like that's how I get a lot of referrals now from clients too. But yeah. I, um, just being more intentional of making an impact with on one person. And, you know, because once we do that, it just kind of naturally flows, you know? Yeah. So I would say just being more intentional of finding common ground with individual people and letting them spread the, the message and letting them spread the word. Oh, that's great feedback. I think that's one of the things that we forget. Sometimes we think we have to be doing, you know, it's a campaign or it's a mailer or whatever it is. That's a maybe a drip, but it's not really what touches so many that live in our community and really need some help with that. And I think offering the way you offer it with a full heart is, is well received that way. And I, I really appreciate you doing that, Josie. So tell me a little bit about, since Josie has a passion for learning, Josie has a passion for giving and has a servant's heart, which, you know, you do. What do you feel like the future holds for you? And where do you see yourself growing professionally in a few years? Well, okay. So I... I, I would love to be the last, the last stop shop for my clients um, and be able to offer them the full banking services that I, that I can offer. Right. Um, so I, I feel like that's my next that my next goal in the next couple of years to really focus on on that lending piece and, and learning more of the lending side. Um, I'm so familiar with deposits in the retail side, but it, just being that full blown banker that I already am and just taking it to that next level, continuing to mentor the new employees that come in. Right. I'm very passionate about our bank and I feel like this is also our baby, you know, because we help right. grow the bank and to continue to make sure that the culture is being executed, that the culture, the vision is still being, is still there. I'm right. very, Kelly Diamond actually, you know, empowered me to, to call out people, you know, that, that are not in, uh, executing our vision, that are not carrying out our vision. And so right. and I'm like, yeah, of course I've been here beginning. <laughs> I have to make sure like we, we carry out this vision and keep this community feel, you know, I feel with the right mentorship that, I, that I've had, I can, I can go as far as I want to. I've worked really hard my whole life and I'm not going to stop now. You know, this yeah. is only the beginning and I don't know, maybe I could, uh, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to put it out there, you know, cause then the expectation is going to be kind of high, but maybe, Come I on. Could, maybe I could be a CEO one day, LaWanda, maybe Come on. the right guidance. My it's not maybe you could be, there's no maybe. <laughs> I so could be, you know, with the right <laughs> leadership, with the right mentorship, I, I feel that I can go anywhere I want to be. I, I really well, do. I'll you know what, Josie? You you can because you you are that you are living that American dream. But guess what? You're the one who put the American dream into action. The American dream is only as good as the people who put it in action, right? right. And not you. Well, you may be afforded some some opportunities, but you took those opportunities and made them, right? And so. Right. I want to make sure you know that and 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 feel that I did, you know, do want to reiterate, you know, when Josie and I started working together, she was a, a teller and we've worked together in different aspects. But one of the things I love about her the most is that she really does care truly authentically for the people she works with, not only just employees, but clients as well. And all those around her. And she doesn't forget, you know, kind of how she got there. That it's easy that way, right? <laughs> I'll never forget where I come from. I, I will never forget. It's always, it's always in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things, uh, Josie and I have a little thing that uh, I'll let you guys in on. Josie is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> and 
I'm not. I am a Chiefs fan or a Niners fan. And so Josie's husband, Chris, when they play, Chris and I are always against Josie, right, Josie? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're they're always on the same team. It's so funny that you said that, LaVondra, because I was going to tell you in the great words of Ezekiel Elliott, feed me. I'm hungry. You know, I had to say that today. I had to say that to you. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Well, Josie, listen, we couldn't ask for a better person to work with, work mm-hmm. around, and just your bright light shines so bright around our, our bank and your work family. And we're so proud of you and so happy that you're a part of this, what we think is a great organization. An amazing, wonderful organization. But we couldn't be that way unless we had people like you, because we are a people-driven organization, right? So I just want to thank you for spending some time with us. I'm so thrilled to hear about what you did and what your family is doing. Thank you so much. Please tell Chris hi for me. I will, Lavanda. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I enjoy it so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. For more information for the Latino community or the various programs offered by Veritex Bank, including financial literacy, please contact me, Josie Fields, at jfields at veritexbank.com or 214-722-4804. I look forward to hearing from you. Para más información de cómo podemos ayudar a la comunidad hispana o para preguntar de los programas ofrecidos de parte de Veritex Bank de Educación Financiera, por favor de contactarme a mí, Josie Fields, a jfields.veritexbank.com o marcar al 214-722-4804. Espero escuchar de ustedes muy pronto. Gracias. Gracias.